We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Each and every one of us either served ourselves or is married to someone who served. <laughs> That's basically the entire team. 13 years in the Army for Jake, 13 in the Navy for me. We know of what we speak, and we know we want to help our fellow veterans get the information and even some entertainment that they might need. So give us a follow on social media. We are at Connecting Vets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And of course, the mother site is ConnectingVets.com. Our next guest is someone I first became familiar with by watching him play a character on a TV miniseries. The character he was playing just happened to be himself because when it comes to Rudy Reyes, Recon Marine, there's only one man who can properly play him on the big screen, and that is the man himself, Mr. Rudy Reyes, who joins us now on the morning briefing. Rudy, good morning. How are you doing today, brother? Good morning. I'm fantastic, brother. I'm in God's country and in South Carolina right now doing some work in Clemson and, uh, and linking up with some veterans out here and teaching and training and doing some leadership speaking to the kids. Uh, yeah, brother, you know what? It's wild. When you say that, I think back, uh, playing myself, people say, well, Rudy, wow, that's pretty easy to do. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, how, how uh, fortunate it be for you to, you know, first go into media and, Start at the top, HBO, $80 million production, so on and so forth. Brother, it was much more difficult than you can imagine. I mean, imagine uh, 50 people in a room, you know, uh, on location, cameras turning and burning. Um, There's thousands of dollars being spent a minute. And then uh, director looks at you, uh, camera speed, rolling, and action. Hey, you be you. I mean, you're like, uh, 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 and then here are the lines. Hey, hey, you be you, and here are your lines. I'm like, well, that's not what I kind of would say. Uh, I mean, brother, it was challenging. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. And uh, so in time, I loosened up, and, and that was my first project. Now I've been acting and, and modeling and, and doing public speaking and such for, I don't know, 10 years. Um, and that first time though was challenging and it was, and it was stiff a little bit, but by the, by the like third or fourth episode, I was really hitting my groove, but yeah, brother. Oh, and the very first scene that I shot the very first day I was on set, of course it was the nude scene. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, so, so yeah, brother, I mean, how that cookie crumbled, um, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a new experience for me and, uh. But I got to tell you, I loved it because it's challenging. Uh, a lot of people would not know that the film, the television and media, that is very, very much like the military. There's a, definitely parallels that you can't believe. You're always under the gun. You never have enough time. You always have to perform. And if you can't perform, you are freaking dropped yeah. immediately. Somebody is right behind you to take over the mission. 
Yeah, totally. And Rudy, of course, you portrayed Recon Marine Rudy Reyes in Generation Kill, a wonderful miniseries on HBO. Of course, that was based on your life and your career in the Marine Corps was a big part of the Generation Kill story. Let's talk a little bit about that career. Where are you from? When did you join? And what did you do while you were in the Corps? Yeah, brother. Well, you know what? I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, but I grew up um, all over Texas, Missouri, and then I uh, ended up in the Omaha home for boys. So Omaha, Nebraska is also my home. Um, my father was a Marine as well. And so I lived at Pendleton when I was a little, little baby, little kid up to three years old. I think I left when I was three and he was in Vietnam. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps. I guess people say I joined the late and now I've got some scope and some, some, uh, perspective. I joined at 26 and, that I joined in 1998, but I had been a kickboxer and I had been a, a fighter and pursued martial arts and illustration. I was also an illustrator. I I think I did everything exactly as it was supposed to be done. And no matter how old you are when you join the military, the military then adds on another layer of maturity and sacrifice to you. And I'll tell you what, I didn't become fully actualized as a man and to understand what kind of sacrifice and responsibility that word means until I went to combat. And and, until I saw and felt and was a part of uh, lives being taken and, uh, uh, and then also seeing my men being wounded and then uh, my men killed until I was a part, I were, until I became a part of that life and death dance and that cosmic battle of good versus evil, I was still a kid. And so, I mean, I don't even know how to begin. I mean, you know, my first year in Marine Corps as a, as a recon Marine, and I joined as an O three hundred as an open contract mm. infantry guy. Um, I had this great GT and did very very good on the ASVAB and they wanted me like in helicopter mechanics, but I just thought the whole mission of testing my manhood and joining the Marine Corps wasn't that I was going to go out and, and locate close with and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver. I didn't even know what that meant, but I wanted to know if I had what it takes to face death, face it with honor and still be professional in the midst of that fear uh, I was gifted with the opportunity because I was the honor grad and Ironman of of boot camp and school of infantry, and I got a chance to try out for recon and went to an NDOC, went to school in ARS, amphibious reconnaissance school on the East Coast, which is just a death-dealing, freaking soul-taking, uh, a self-effacing Zen Buddhist nightmare because you're tested and your character is tested, your body's tested every freaking moment of every single day. And after I made it uh, through ARS and became an O321, um, you know, the rest is history. Combat diver, paratrooper, seer, mountain warfare, explosives, close quarter battle, uh, illustrious scout sniper school in Virginia. I mean, it, it just kept coming. Right. Um, uh, that first year I was in the Marine Corps, but the first year I was in recon, 23 of my brothers died mm. just in training. A lot of civilians can't comprehend how much sacrifice and how much pain um, our families go through and how, um, how we must die in training to keep the precipice so high 
so that many more will live in the arduous nature of combat. I mean, how do you even begin to express these things to to, to our, our society um, when they are um, so disconnected from pain and so disconnected from um, from village and uh, wolf pack mentality? Uh, so yeah, bro. I mean, it's it's a magical uh, a, a, a journey. It is a magical um, emotional feeling. The, uh, that we're blessed with by giving so much, all of us veterans from giving so much. Uh, it's a boon and a blessing of, of humanity and manhood that we, that we receive, but it is at a great cost. And so let us think about that cost that we freaking pay for this now. It's that cost that we pay in our hearts and our minds in the nihilism that we carry. Let us think of that cost and let it be an investment. Let us parlay all of that that we learned through the blood, sweat, and tears and make a, a difference in our communities now. Be the best and brightest that we were in the Marine Corps, in the Army, in the Navy, in the Air Force, in the Coast Guard. Be the best and brightest that we were there. Let us be the best and brightest where we are now. We're speaking with Rudy Reyes, former recon Marine and currently doing some amazing things after that military career. And let's talk a little bit about that transition process for you, Rudy, going from active duty Marine to Marine Corps veteran. What do you remember most about that period? And and was it a difficult transition period for you? You know, what I remember most about my my bridge from being a recon Marine and then becoming a Marine Corps, a recon Marine veteran. Uh, what I remember most is I was just in a gunfight, killing enemy, fighting off this death squad uh, in An Amarias, just uh, south of the Mech in Fallujah proper. I was in a gunfight, and five days later, I was home. And um, that was my third tour, and it was a bloody tour. What I remember is being back home and going through a ridiculous um, process called tap and tamps, which was uh, just a check in the box for so-called transition. And uh, just, you know, a week after running and gunning and killing the enemy, I was a team leader out there. I was in my living room and I was alone. My wife was working and I didn't know what to do, so I pulled out my kit and just started refitting my my gear. I started going right back into priorities of work that I did in the Marine Corps, and I found myself doing a junk on the bunk, a junk on the bunk uh, inspection style um, um, uh, inventory of my kit and my gear, and then and then uh, smelling and looking at some of the sand. Uh, from Afghanistan and and some some of the crusted mud in Pakistan and looking at these places I'd been in Iraq and and, and finding a little map that I took from one of Saddam's palaces and I'm, I'm just doing this inventory and I just kept doing it I just kept doing it I kept refitting re uh, refueling myself and uh, and kept reorganizing my gear. And I think I look back thinking about that. I haven't thought about that for 15 years, 14 years. Oh, shit, when did I get out? Oh, six. Uh, I, I, uh, I was looking at myself, and I was trying to put things back in place because you know, I was 
living in Oceanside, and I, I didn't know what the where the hell I was really, and I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. So I organized my kit and then went to 24-hour fitness and just slayed my body. I mean, that's what I did. I organized <laughs> my gear. I took inventory, and then I spent like four hours at the gym slaying and slaying and slaying. So uh, that was my that was my transition. And my wife thought I was going crazy, and maybe I was. Um, I heard somebody one night uh, playing loud freaking hip-hop outside, and my wife was tired at home. I was still a recon team leader, and I am a sweetheart. I'm very benevolent, but I have another gear. I call it the freaking uh, um, tuned-up chainsaw gear. And if you flip that switch and I go into that gear, it's like trying to play hot potato with a tuned-up chainsaw, and I feel sorry for you. So that chainsaw gear came on, and um, my wife wanted to sleep, and the music was loud. Uh, of course, I had my pistol, so the first thing I thought about is going out there to this freaking thug with my pistol and telling him, turn that freaking music off. <laughs> so instead, I said, I don't want to scare him too bad. You know, I don't really want him to know I'm going to kill him. So um, I'll just take my samurai sword down there. <laughs> <laughs> so I take my samurai sword down, and this is outside after the freaking uh, back gate, and uh, I go down there with my sword, and I think I got my silkies on, which I'm renowned for. And I say, hey, brother, uh, could you turn off the freaking music? My wife's trying to sleep. I mean, I was still a freaking team leader, man. And the um, the hate and rage, the aggression uh, simmering under the surface because uh, you cannot allow anyone to dominate you. You must always um, execute and uh, dominate and control. Why? Because you're in the craziest Wild West, most chopping, tooth chipping place in the world. It's called Fallujah. And I saw my wife or felt my wife was one of my teammates. And her sleeping, um, that was me putting one of my teammates down so that they can perform tomorrow or perform when they get up for uh, off of their rest plan. So I took charge. And this was happening automatically. There was no conscious thought. And, of course, the guy was, you know, freaked out. He, he was like, yeah, yeah, don't go, no go. He turned down his freaking music. And, and then that, guy, that cat, he was there to see some girl there. He never came back. But um, anyway, you can imagine. Yeah. It, it was pretty high-tuned back then. And there was, there was nobody else kind of going through this stuff. Because remember, we were high in, in, in uh, rotation for the war. Yeah. There was continuous operations. And um, and I didn't think I had a problem with anything. I just thought that I just like things to be squared away. And I didn't want anybody to um, I, I, I didn't didn't want anybody to really get out of line because I was going to put them in line. But looking back, you see, I was not a policeman. That was not my job. My job wasn't to be the freaking top dog all the time. But I didn't understand how, how to be anything else. So I became a workaholic, and I started coaching for, I think, $20 a class at a, at a dirty boxing gym. Mm-hmm. So I did seven classes a day, 
six days a week to bring in some money for the home. And then I became a coach and a personal trainer. Some, some wealthy people discovered uh, my passion and how, how good I was at, at physical fitness. And then uh, I started coaching Gina Davis and some other celebrities in San Diego, Rancho Santa Fe. And, uh, and I basically became uh, a continuous worker, training and training and training mm. and earning and earning, but really running, always running from what was really happening inside, which was depression, a lot of depression here because my identity as a recon Marine was uh, in jeopardy. It was mm-hmm. in jeopardy. And, um, and then uh, I felt like I was in a fog. I was lost. I didn't know where to go next. And I was having tr- trouble sleeping. And so I started drinking. And I didn't start drinking until then. Until 2006, I'd never, I'd never had alcohol. Mm. started drinking to sleep. So on the surface, it looked great, Eric. I looked... I looked like everything was freaking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of my clients gave me a Jaguar. I had a Jaguar that I was driving around. I had money in my pocket. I bought a, another home for my wife and I, but I was completely lost, and I was sad. I was depressed, and I was I was not sleeping, so I started drinking. Mm. And, uh, and we were so, you know, as veterans, we're so strong at presenting. We've accomplished such heavy-duty missions with the with the uh, uh, most stress and, and friction-filled environment around us, we don't know how to ask for help. We will have a freaking MRE in our pocket. We'll pull out some jalapeno and cheese cr- and some crackers. And when we take a bite, we'll break off half and give it to our teammate, our squad mate, our brother, our sister. That's the kind of men and women we are. Downsides that we don't know how to ask for help. And I was so... Um, uh, talented in a sense, I could keep the I could keep the the illusion going on the outside for a lot longer than most. But even I fell apart too. But uh, I call it a beautiful uh, a beautiful heartbreak, brother, because it was a breakdown to a breakthrough. And I feel so strong, and I feel so empowered now. That I put the pieces back together because I asked for help because I li- uh, listened and learned to other men and women that had been through this process because I took the, the challenge to change um, my blood, sweat and tears from uh, all my combat. Uh, that was still there. That didn't change. My really hard traumatic childhood. That was still there. That didn't change. Um, my, my, uh, um, my pain in my hip, my shoulder, that was still there. That didn't change. Um, my my uh, disillusion and um, and and the de- deconstruction of my marriage that happened. That was still there. That didn't change. I changed. Mm. I changed. Right. And one I of the things. One of the things that helped you change, Rudy, I want to make sure we get to this, we've only got about five minutes left, is getting into diving. And I know about this, I've heard stories and read oh, stories about you going brother. going diving. And yeah. Force Blue, you guys are doing great things, as I understand it, down in Puerto Rico, a place that, you know, we, we've seen the devastation the hurricane caused on the land. I know it caused some underwater, sure. having gone diving in Vieques and other places like that. Uh, it, it's a beautiful place to dive, but now it, it's struggling after the hurricane. Tell us a little bit about your work with Force Blue, especially down there in Puerto oh. Rico. Oh, for sure, Eric. 
freakingforceblueteam.org. All of you people out there listening, you must freaking check us out. We're the most legit nonprofit. You know, there's some freaking shenanigans out there in that nonprofit world. Uh, we are transparent. It's it's the FUBU of special operations combat divers. <laughs> you know, it's the for us, by us, commando freaking aquatic supermen. And our, <laughs> I'm so proud of my team. I've got SEALs. I've got Recon Brothers. I've got uh, Army SF Medics. I've got British Royal Marine Commandos. We've got Pararescue, Roger Sparks, also Legend Recon Marine. Um, and, and my next team, we're going to be having some Australians as well. And we have an Israeli that wants to come on. We, uh, we use our combat skills um, to go to a school I created by the finest reef scientists in the world in Cayman Islands, people like Lad Atkins and Patty Gross, mm. uh, Dr. Guy Harvey. And uh, we, we refit ourselves and give uh, um, new skills and training from our already immense diving and amphibious background to do work subsurface that no one else can do. Mm. Um, we, we rebuild coral reefs. Uh, in many different ways, because there's many different kinds of coral. It is very physical, very arduous. We use mixed gas so we can stay down for a lot longer and do this this really uh, um, life-saving work because a lot of people don't understand it. Corals, um, they make up 63%, maybe as much as 65% of our oxygen in our atmosphere. Even though they only cover 1% of the ocean floor, they are responsible for all of that life. It is a massive hypertrophic cascade of life, and it starts at the highline predators, and it goes all the way down to the minutia of the coral. And, uh, and without one of those pieces my brother, it can all fall apart. It can mm. all die. And they are a community subsurface. And the parallels there, that our veteran community, it is a community. Uh, but on the surface, in a sunshiny day and, and still water, everything seems fine. But you go underneath the water, and, and the community's in crisis. Yeah. Well, we see the same thing in our veteran community. And, you know, we make it look good. We're very tough. We're very strong. We're able. But underneath the surface, we may be in crisis. And we just need some help. We yeah, just man. need some love, some loving hands. And uh, and so that's what we're doing in Key Largo, in um, in um Puerto Rico, which was an immense mission working for NOAA and the Ocean Conservancy. We were just on briefing D.C. Uh, two weeks ago on the freaking floor, and Capitol Hill gave us a standing ovation, and we're looking at changing policy, or we're looking at new missions in Guam and in uh, Australia. Oh, wow. And this is just the beginning, brother. It's just the beginning. Forcebluteam.org. And what a transition. This dream of me, uh, you know, doing something with my illustrious military experience, hard-earned military experience, yeah. and putting it into practice in a way that's making a difference now. I mean, isn't that the, isn't that the best thing we can do, Eric? I mean, as oh, veterans, yeah. as, as keepers of our brother, as, uh, as our leaders in our community, isn't that the best thing we can do? I think it absolutely is. And I'm glad to hear that you're going out to Guam. That's a place I was stationed and actually where I got my Patty oh, Scuba certification. I used to be able to walk out of the back door of my building. I used to be able to walk out of yeah. the back door of my building, the Alupang Beach Tower, and literally walk into the water, dive. There was a moray eel that lived 
50 yards from the yeah. back door of my building. I mean, it's an incredible place and a place that's a United States territory and a place that uh, because of something's going on on the island, pollution taking place elsewhere, it's certainly a place that is threatened. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that there are people like Force Blue and Rudy Reyes who are doing something about all that. Now, Rudy, if people want to find out more about Force Blue, want to find out more about you, we got about 50 seconds left. Where can they go to find okay. out more? Uh, Force Blue, get on www.forceblueteam.org. We're a nonprofit. You can check out me, Rudy Reyes, dot com on the website and uh, Instagram, uh, Real Rudy Reyes, uh, Facebook, Rudy Reyes. You can just Google my name, Google Force Blue, and you will see some gorgeous filmmaking of our missions that we've accomplished already. We've done groundbreaking stuff, and it's just the beginning. And you can do Google images on Rudy Reyes like the ladies in the office did the other day. And, uh, boy, they were happy with that one, brother. Rudy Reyes, we want to thank you so much for joining us again. Our thanks to Paul Zoldra, founder of Duffel Blog, replaying that best of interview with him earlier. This has been the Morning Briefing Tuesday edition. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. We've got some Vietnam veterans. We've got Eric Mitchell of Life Flip Media. Another big show headed your way tomorrow. See you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.